Welcome to the Dharma of the Force, a podcast about the spiritual and philosophical side of Star Wars. If that puts you off, it's just words. And if you think that's all a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, even better. We cannot widen our horizon and grow by never challenging what we believe, and we should always be suspicious of those who tell us what to believe. In some Buddhist traditions, listening to Dharma talks is a spiritual practice. It's not meant to give answers per se. It's an exercise in looking at questions and elaborating on them and finding the truth within yourself. So in that spirit, let us look at today's topic. The Jedi Path, a manual for students of the Force. The Jedi Path came out in 2015 when the love for Star Wars was reignited in the hype surrounding Episode 7, and there's another book aiming to explain the Force and the Jedi lore to, I assume, a younger audience. I should mention it is labeled as Legends nevertheless, even though it has the Disney logo on it. It pretends to be old script from the Jedi Library with comments by everyone from Yoda to Ahsoka, the Corellian Jedi theme Cerulean, Master the Count Dooku also makes an appearance. It starts off with an explanation of the Jedi Code which I already discussed in a previous episode. Let's see if I got it right, or if they did. Quote from the book. There is no emotion, there is peace. The principle guides all meditations and interactions with all others. It reaffirms the Jedi ideal to act without recklessness and to view the actions of others through the pure lens of the unifying force. I mean, from nowhere to now here? Is it just me or does that really not explain much? But it sounds smart. Okay, so don't get too hot-headed. It's all cool, right? On to the next quote. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. Those who don't understand this basic precept are quick to fear, and fear is the path to the dark side. The archives represent the greatest collection of knowledge in the galaxy. Hmm, a lot of negative language here. Don't tell me what not to do, tell me what to do. In my opinion, this is just a bunch of buzzwords strung together. It sounds a bit as if the author doesn't quite know what to make of it. Based on that, I don't think they have a lot of experience with spiritual writings. I really don't want to be too judgmental, but that's what happens when you get someone a paid geek to write something Star Wars. There is no passion, there is serenity. A subtle extrapolation of the first precept this reminder to act dispassionately in every deliberation extends to personal obsessions and is a reminder not to elevate the self above the mission. Whoa, 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 a lot of big words here. Don't we all like to use big words to hide that we don't have anything to say sometimes? The repetition is also not very elegant and it doesn't flow well enough to be on purpose. That has nothing to do with anything in this statement. And the fact that a mission is mentioned shows that there is too much focus on the institutionalized Jedi order to be of any use. There is no chaos, there is harmony. Those who cannot see the threats uniting all life view existence as random without purpose. 
the Jedi perceived the structure and will of the many galaxies. Excuse me, what? Once again, from a communication standpoint, this is too much negative language and an almost accusatory and arrogant tone. There's no elegance or beauty in this message. It's far from understanding the Force. It's the sheer opposite. Those who do not understand the Force are stupid. I have to question the deeper understanding of the author, really. I doubt it was on purpose as an early hint at the hubris of the Jedi Order. This just lacks the required eloquence. There is no death, there is the Force. All things die, but the Force lives on. As beings who exist as shades of the Force, the end of our existence in this form is not to be overly mourned. We are a part of an energy larger than ourselves and we play roles in a cosmic fabric that outstrip our incarnate understanding. Okay, I guess a, a bit contradictory. The statement doesn't seem to know where it wants to go, but in its core it has some truth to it. But it's still phrased in a way that doesn't seem like something a Jedi would say. The book goes on to explain the Jedi Order and ranks, which I will skip gladly as my focus is the teachings that can be applied to real life by everyone interested in the Force. Then there's a part of initiations and clans that just sound silly to me, like Harry Potter. While in Harry Potter it might make sense, that one just seems like a very uninspired ripoff to be able to add some content to this book. A few pages later, we're now talking about the three pillars of the Jedi, the basis of the Jedi teachings. It reminds me a lot of the four noble truths that serve as basis of Buddhist teachings. In Buddhism, we follow an, at the time, well-established form of giving a medical diagnosis. To simplify it, state the issue, establish the cause, the needed remedy, and how to obtain it. The first pillar here is, unsurprisingly, the Force. The book explains it in what I consider to be a bit strange imagery, but ultimately has a point. I quote, We Jedi are blessed with the gift of the Force in our every moment, breathing it, tasting it, riding its currents to our unique destinies. For the Jedi, it's never cold and directionless. The Force gives us purpose and compels us to share our gifts with others. Again with the negative language, is the, is the author okay? Can someone please check on them? The redeeming qualities of this chapter are Luke's alleged note, we must return to this idea of the Force as it flows through us, not from us. And the part about the need not to focus on midichlorians too much because, and I quote, we do not drink the bowl but the soup containing it. My intellectual highlight of this book. It goes on to explain the different kinds of the force and how they affect us. The cosmic force seems to be more akin to destiny here, which in this context works for me. What follows is a slightly weird part about the dangers of the dark side, which are once again okay, but very stilted. Should the urge to form romantic attachments emerge, please consult your master. Terms and conditions apply. There's an interesting part about the history of the Jedi, about the Ashla and Bogan on Tython, as seen in The Mandalorian Season 2 in there, but you're probably better off researching that on Wikipedia should you be interested. In Using Force Abilities, we learned that the Jedi apparently used Latin terms, 
makes it sound more ancient and cool, right? Tutaminis, curato salva, and altus sopor. All seem a bit like unlockable abilities from a video game. The second pillar is knowledge, and rightfully so. We should all constantly do our best to increase our knowledge and expand our horizon. Only restrictive religions and political systems fear wisdom. Wisdom challenges their power, their monopoly over knowledge. Knowledge is what sets you free. I encourage you to read as much as you can, watch documentaries or try out new things. This is what strengthens our connection with the Force. Understanding opens your eyes to see the Force, which brings me to the third pillar. I skipped planet charts and parts about animals. Self-discipline. Self-discipline is how we connect to the Force. Now we are finally getting something of value out of the book. I quote, It is impossible to wield the lightsaber without first mastering the action of your physical self. And even better, a bit later, Meditation is the key to aligning your mind and body with the spirit and the will of the Force. It goes on to glance over different types of meditation and what to use for them. Meditation is a daily expression of self-discipline. I wholeheartedly agree. If you can't manage to sit down for a few minutes every day, what else can't you do? If you don't have self-discipline and conquer yourself, how can you expect to conquer or achieve anything else? Meditation broadens your connection to the Force. The book even says it. After that, there are a few chapters about this and that, mostly clothing, lightsaber forms, equipment and all that. There are some hidden bits and pieces and paragraphs about abilities, but overall the book now focuses on different kinds of Jedi and such. I'd like to point out that there is mention of Force Projection, aka Doppelganger, predating The Last Jedi by two years. Other than that, it gets into fantasy territory at this point. There's a part about the threats to the Jedi Order mentioning the term Great Jedi. Like I said earlier, this book is not considered to be canon. If you want to know what I think about that, listen to episode 1. Or don't, I save you some time and quote myself. There are no great Jedi. And Obi-Wan seems to agree. His comment in the book is, Some call Master Qui-Gon a great Jedi. And we all know that Qui-Gon is the paragon of what a Jedi should be. The book concludes with a very self-aware statement of Grandmaster C. Fowen. Some sages among the wills believe otherwise holding out the possibility of existence in this world even after Jedi have shed their physical forms. Existing as luminous beings, such Jedi could retain the identities they held before death, but they would be unable to interact with the physical world. However, the idea of this existence stems from stories and theories, not reality. Though we believe that all things are possible through the Force. As physical beings, we are grounded and our understanding has limits. Instead, think of those stories as metaphors for the Jedi Code's final precept. There is no death, there is the Force. As physical beings, we are grounded and our understanding has limits. Well spoken. 
And just like in real life, the moment we don't understand something or know the origins, we have no choices to interpret it as metaphor. Now in conclusion, do I think this book holds wisdom relevant to every seeker of knowledge about the Force? Not really. Would I recommend it to casual Star Wars fans? Not sure. The From the Jedi Library and several masters scribbled some notes in it gimmick is quite fun, but overall this book contains nothing you do not already possess. If you approach Star Wars like a video game and get a kick out of Force-sensitive animals and the curriculum of the Padawan's trials, you might enjoy it. I didn't, but I appreciate the work that went into it. I mean, it surely looks nice. If you want to support me or this podcast, don't send money. I don't have a Patreon. Find a charity of your choosing and donate. And do yourself a favor and switch off your phone, disconnect, and just sit in silence for a few minutes. Close your eyes and... Breathe. Just breathe.